Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. You know what I mean? It just doesn't compute, you know? The law is the law. Peter, this is in our hands. I mean, it really is. People were there. We will continue to raise our voices. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Oh, by the way, if you have a wish package or an Alibaba package or any one of those packages that you buy online coming in after today it's going to get dearer you missed that bit of the news yeah it is yeah it's going to get dearer for that reasons I'll tell you more about it during the morning but you know that wonderful bluetooth speaker that was 70 quid downtown and you bought it for we say 18 quid on Wish and they charged another five to send it here and you thought, great, what a bargain. (laughs) There's that involved after today. Just be wary of that. Also, the bishop has written to the priests and people like Tom, who were on yesterday, are going to be even more disappointed. No communions, no confirmations, no christenings for the foreseeable future. Get to that in a little while. Good morning, Thursday, the first day of July. I love the first of July for some reason, ever since I was a small boy. I think it's because I always go on my holidays in July, or have for as many years as I can remember gone on my holidays in July. So yeah, I'll be finishing up later this month to head off for a couple of weeks. I'm always in a good mood on the 1st of July, so here's hoping that I can stay in it between now and midday. We mentioned to you yesterday morning, we all talked about indoor dining and how we were compared to here, compared to there, and there's every kind of a map and every kind of a stat and every kind of a chart going around on social media, and so you can't check half of them. You've no idea where half of them are sourced. The Irish Independent has a very, very good article this morning uh, by a journalist called, and the name has gone out of my head now, but it's there and you have it in front of me. I'll get the name. It's important. Uh, She's been around the EU to check how we compare with others with regard to indoor dining. We are a little bit behind, but also there's some great stats in the papers this morning of where we are in terms of infection rates, where we are in terms of vaccination rates. We're actually doing really good, really well on vaccines. Unfortunately, we're doing pretty bad on infection. 
at the same time. Thank you. Amy Malloy is the writer in The Independent. 1850 Let us go first to Germany, um, because Germany, we read in that very article in The Independent today, Germany current ha- currently has 37% of its population fully vaccinated. Delta variant is spreading. Uh, it has about 50% of its cases now are Delta. But indoor service has resumed. So Audrey Leaves has the Fleet and Caker Irish Bar in Hamburg. Is it great, Audrey, or what's it like? Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, it's, we're open inside the clubs. Oh, God, that line, that line is lousy. I'll give it back to Terry and see if we can tidy that up a little bit for you. And I'll, what I'll actually do is I'll go through, see if we can tidy that up a small bit for Audrey, guys. It's a very grotty line. Her line is nearly always better than that. Let's go through some of the other comparisons. For example, France resumed indoor dining at the start of June, 50% capacity, six people at a table. They have 30% of their population now vaccinated. Spain has 36% of its population fully vaccinated, but has some of the most relaxed restrictions in Europe. Cafes, bars, restaurants open from 6 a.m., till 1am, in and out, nightclubs are also opening in Spain the places where you were required to wear a face mask outside they've dropped that as of the other day, they're also ramping up the vaccination rollout among young people, let us go back to Audrey now and see if we can get a slightly better connection, hey Audrey Hi, is that That, better? That's much better that's much better alright, so you can let people in now Yes, we can. We, we, we opened up inside, or we were allowed to open up inside about three weeks ago. But we were only allowed to do more, not more than five at a table, maximum two households. Right. And we had that for about two weeks. And then the last week, ten days, or maybe even longer, sorry, um, we can open now ten people from ten different households. But... You can't enter unless you prove that you've had a negative COVID test from a centre. It can't be a self-test no. or you have to be vaccinated for more than 14 days. And how do you prove the vaccination? You have to show us your vaccination certificate right. or your vaccination card. Or now if you're, they're, they're rolling out here now vaccination um, like QR codes on your phone you can get okay. if you've been fully vaccinated. And does that apply to everybody in the party? Uh, well, if they're not vaccinated, fully vaccinated, then they have to show us a negative COVID test from the centre. Can't be. Yeah, but I mean, what I mean, Audrey, is if I go in with three of my buddies, do do the four of us have to show that we're either vaccinated or have had a test? Yes, yes, you you have to show one or the other. Right, and and is it is it is it cumbersome to deal with? Yeah, I mean, you know, if a party of 10 come um, and, okay, that you've got one person at the door greeting them, so obviously you have to go through 10 persons to see are they vaccinated or have they got their negative test. Some people don't have that information ready, mm. which you probably should have, you know, so there's people fumbling in their pockets or the bags or trying to find their email on their phone. So that is all 10, 15 minutes you know, time that you have to, to go through all of these. Yeah. Then you go to seat the people at the table and then everybody has to register via an app called the Luca app. 
and and if you don't have the app, you can you write down your details. We keep on file for a month, and so that's all. You have to make sure the first question we have to ask is: Has everybody registered? Right. If you don't register, then you can't stay. Basically, here's here's the first practical problem, as I would see it. So, myself and three of my buddies want to go out for a couple of pints in your place on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of us are three of us are vaccinated. The fourth guy needs to get a test. How quickly can he get that test? When does he need to have yeah. that test? What will it cost him? That, that will the, the the tests the the rapid tests uh, Schnell tests are called. They're free. Everybody now is entitled to a free test free, for a free test, and it can't be older than twenty. Bus, you have to it has, have can't be older than what Audrey? Twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. Okay. But you have to have that done by six o'clock in the evening because most of the centres close at six o'clock. Right. So, so uh, the, I can't send a text around to the lads at seven o'clock and say points at eight because my buddy can't get a test. Exactly. The spontaneity of a drink with your friends is gone. Okay. Okay. Now, and we're, we're finding as well a lot of people don't want to test to come inside. So they'll just stay at home. Right. Right. How how is it being policed then? Obviously, you've got to, you you yourself are keeping records, but well, who's checking? Well, we've had nobody check. We haven't had any police or any authorities come and check us. Right. Um, what they're finding the troublesome here is um, people are going. We've had some really nice weather here the last couple of weeks, so people are going to start in rows of like I'm talking about like thousands. And they're just going bananas in the parks late at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's where the, the problems. So because of those, we've had about three incidents of that happen. And we have about 11 p.m. curfew. So all bars, restaurants, cafes, rest, everything has to be shut by 11 o'clock. No sale of alcohol is left after 11 o'clock and 5 in the morning. And how would that uh, compare to normal times, Audrey, that closing at 11? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, our, our busiest times are 11, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So, we're re- you know, we're, we're really seeing the, the, the pinch and the difference. It sounds like a very difficult system to, to work with, to be honest. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, you know, there's no site in end for uh, this 11 p.m. curfew because I think they'll they'll keep that until at least September. Yeah. I mean, our incident rates here now are 8.3 per 100,000 and 28 new infections we had yesterday. So we're doing really well. Nationally? Yeah, uh, in Hamburg. Oh, in Hamburg, okay, right. Okay, I forgot. I forgot you're doing it regionally over there, and that's well. Yeah. Now, the, the last time we were talking about masks, you mentioned to me, and I'd forgotten you'd said it before. It has to be the specific grade mask, the high grade mask. Is is that still in place? Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 We have to wear uh, masks serving the customers. They have to wear them coming in to be seated. Obviously, they can take them off at the table. And then if they need to move to the bathroom or go outside the small, they have to wear them. Yeah. And it has to be these FFP3? It has to be the FFP2 or the blue medical mask. Right, right. And we see from the UK they did a study on their effectiveness in in a health 
setting and they really were very very effective you do have people i think that there's a is there a, a slag term a, sla, um, a slang term uh, queer denken oddballs basically who don't want to be vaxxed or, te- or tested are they troublesome no not really no we, we haven't had we haven't had any any uh people like that come you know um we also we also had like a lot of we're missing we're missing the tourists yeah we don't we don't have any tourists we don't have any tra- traveling stag parties from ireland or the uk um so that's what we're seeing a big you know downfall in but hours, no will will the eu yeah. opening up from today will that ease that well i i don't know i mean i'd like to think so but let's see We'll, we'll, we'll probably, like July and August are always a slow time for us anyway because we're, you know, mostly known for our sports and stuff like that. Yeah. And after the football is over, we kind of have nothing really until August, first week of August, second week of August. So we just got to, you know, head down and pull through until then. Yeah. And then we'll see when we get to August. I mean, I'm hoping there will be a big difference. I'm hoping this testing to come inside will be gone. Yeah. And I'm hoping, um, you know, more than 10 people can take part for more than 10 people. You said to me there's a resistance, and the line isn't the best, but we're sticking with it. The, the, you said to me that there's a bit of resistance to people having to get a test before they go out to the pub. Was there much resistance publicly to the idea that you have to be vaccinated to come in? No, no, no. None? And are your no. staff vaccinated, Audrey? Uh, most of them have had their first, yes. Right. And is there, are they taking younger people into account then in the vaccination programme? Well, basically now anybody can go for a, an appointment. Anybody can go for a vaccination. Oh, they, of they, any age? They opened it up of any age. They opened it up the 7th of June. Prioritisation groups were finished with and now anybody can go. Okay, okay. So it's just, it's just a matter of getting an appointment. Right, and and no one had no one had a problem with having to carry their vaccination status on their phone so they can get in. No, 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 no. Okay. No, we okay. haven't we haven't had any any difficulty like that at all. People are very, you know, understanding that. I mean, we don't make the rules. You know, we're told what to do. Yeah. So you know, there's no point in arguing with us. Because yeah. 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 Just, yeah. I, I, I don't no make point. the rules. You, if you want to come in, you need the status of vaccination. I mean, if, if you don't like it, you know where to go. But yeah. Yeah. It's as painful for us as it is for the customers, you know, but you've just got to do what you got to do. Audrey, are people as sick, tired, sore and sorry of all this as, in Germany as they are here at home? To the back teeth, absolutely. Myself included. <laughs> yeah, I can hear it in your voice. Are you any closer, are you any closer to a cold pint in, in, in Cronin's? No, I'm... I had my first vaccine uh, last week, right. so I will get my second one first week of August, so probably end of August, September, I think I can probably look into coming home. All right. All right. Well, we'll talk when you get here and maybe we'll talk before. Thank you very much. Not the best line in the world from Hamburg, but thank you. Uh, Audrey Leaves, uh, she runs the Fleet and Kecker Irish Bar in Hamburg, if you're ever there. And uh, it's a fine place. I've never been there. I can't wait to get there someday and see it. But, okay, so people have no problem showing their vaccination status to come in. They just say, all right, that's how it is. It is what it is. You have to show your vaccination status, either with your little card or with 
your assert or an email on your phone. If you're not vaccinated, you've got to get a test. The test is free, but the centre closes at six. So here's the scenario. So Tom and Mick and John and Mikey right want to go for a few points on Saturday night in Audrey's place. That's grand. Tom and Mick have their vaccines and they have passed the, the wait time. Tom and Mick are grand. Right, but John and Mikey, John works on a building site and the weather is good, so he's working all the hours God sends. He has to get a test before he can go, but the testing place closes at six. So he mightn't get there. Uh, and it has to be within 24 hours as well. So he's got to get that there before quitting time on Friday. Is it going to work out for him? And a lot of people just don't want to be tested. Let's continue our run through some more of the uh, EU countries. So we know what Germany is is now doing. In France, indoor dining resumed at the start of June. Restaurants and bars operating at 50% capacity. 30% fully vaccinated they are there. 37%, by the way, fully vaccinated in Germany. But now, do you hear what she said? You can now book an appointment regardless of your age. We need to move there, lads. We need to be there yesterday, that you can book an appointment regardless of your age. Portugal. Now, Portugal are in trouble. We know that because it's going through a rise in COVID cases. And Frankie Beats, the DJ who tweets out of there, is saying to people, stay out of here. We've got problems and they're getting worse. It currently has the highest infection rate in Europe. I'll go through those tables in a wee while. But it's got 33% of its people vaccinated. Restaurants and cafes are serving indoors. Four people to six max, depending on the region. Uh, and they've stopped a plan, or they've halted their plans to put, to ease further restrictions. Italy, and we know what carnage Italy was at the start of this. They've 31% of people fully vaccinated. Bars and restaurants resumed indoor service on June the 1st. Customers also allowed to drink at the counter coffee because it's a tradition and business owners reared up about it. An awful lot of Italian regions have what they call a white zone now, which means pretty much every restriction is gone. Denmark allows indoor drinking and dining. They've 33% of their population vaccinated, but you have to provide a bit like Audrey in Hamburg. You have to show proof of vaccination or show a negative test. Uh, Denmark was one of the first countries in Europe to do that, by the way. Greece... Greece is opening pubs and restaurants for indoor drinking and dining as of today. They have 35% of the population vaccinated. Music also being allowed outdoors in Greece. And to get more young people vaccinated, the Greek government is actually offering them free data packets on their phone or maybe even cash to get them in and get them vaccinated. But they also predict that Delta will be the dominant strain in Greece by the middle of August. But Malta, lovely little Malta. I had my honeymoon there. Malta is winning big at the moment. Malta currently has 63% of its population fully vaccinated. It has the lowest infection rate in the EU at the moment. Indoor service is permitted. Up to six people can sit at a table. But they're now about to ban tourists from Britain who are not fully vaccinated. Chances of you getting into Malta without a full vaccination are virtually nil, I would suggest at this point, and rightly so. Croatia 
has 26% of its population vaccinated. Indoor service only allowed where food is served. And no alcohol can be served after 11pm. That's kind of the comparison around Europe. I have the tables as well of vaccination numbers versus infection numbers. Plus, I've managed to dig in where we were this day last year to where we are now. Care is of the essence. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Dairy Made Premium Spread. 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork Cream. You guys ready? Watch out, watch out. Drive home weekdays from four on Cork's 96 FM. Hey, it's Lorraine. I've got even more smart speakers to give away on the show this week as the free speaker frenzy continues. Also, there's a chance for you to show off your music knowledge in the one second song. I think it's When You're Looking Like That by Westlife. The 96 FM Street Fleet have got the latest Cork traffic updates for you, plus the biggest tunes guaranteed every evening. I'll talk to you weekdays from four. The Big Drive Home. Let's go business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. The Big Drive Home. On Cork's 96 FM. Joan has contacted us. And Joan, just, I know the lad said it to you off air, but just to remind you, please, don't identify anybody, but you are getting, you're getting texts for somebody else. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good, good. That's right. On the 28th of April, I got a text message from myself to say that I was identified as a high-risk case by the CUH, which is fine. Um, and then literally two minutes later, I got another message for this lady saying that she was identified as a high-risk case. So I contacted the HSB to say, look, I didn't know this lady from Adam. Um, I have her age and everything. And they said, Grant, they'll take her phone, my phone number off her profile. And I'm still after getting six text messages to say that she entitled to her vaccine. Wow. Yeah. So presumably, this lady, and again, we're not going to identify anybody, is sitting at home wondering, when am I going to get called? Uh, yeah, I reckon she is getting onto her GP to say, look, where's my vaccine? And then every time she does, she, I'm getting the text message for her to say, this is your time, this is your location, and I presume she still hasn't got her vaccine. Crikey. Four times I have contacted the HSC to say, look, I don't know this lady. Right. And and have you gotten your first and second, or are you still waiting on your second? I've got my first and the second, yeah. Okay. And are you still getting messages for this lady? Still getting messages for this lady, yeah. Crikey. Crikey. And that's since the 28th of April, so she should have been vaccinated twice, like. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like you did it wrong on the phone number or something, but you're getting you're getting all the messages. And you did ring them, and they did say they'd sorted out, but you've had three more messages. All right, John, you'd like to think that they did sort it out and that you're, the messages you're getting are a mistake, but... But the first message, the last message was only last week, so I don't know how she, to be honest. Okay. Like, you know, I'd be kind of afraid that she'd miss out, because isn't there something after today that after your third contact your office. That's right. That's right. And the most worrying thing too is the fact that she's being told she's she's high risk. That that is a worrying yeah. element of it. Um yeah there is as of the today it was in the news this morning that if you cancel on them three times, 
you, you'll go to the to the back of the queue. Um, yeah. That that's 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 starting from from I think today it's done. Joan, thank you, and she's done everything she can. Has that happened to anybody else? So Joan got her vaccine text, and she's had both of her vaccines at this stage. But on the end of April, she got a text for somebody else, and giving her an appointment for somebody else who was deemed to be high risk. She got two or three messages. She rang the HSE and said, this isn't me. And they said, okay, thank you. Um, We'll sort that out. And she's still getting messages, five or six messages, for someone that she isn't, for someone who they deem to be high risk, but clearly someone they think isn't turning up now. Anyone else come across that happening? 1850-715-996. And while we're at that, this idea that we just for now, and I know, look, there's for, there's for and against it. There's for and against it. And you can argue till the cows come home the far, and you can argue till the cows come home against. But Ger- from Germany there, you heard Audrey telling me that anybody now can go and register for a vaccine. Anybody. Anyone over 18. So should we be doing that as of now? Should we, from, for argument's sake, from next Monday, when we were supposed to open the pubs indoors, should anyone who wants one over the age of 18 now be able to get a vaccine? Of course, they would still want to be checking out the vulnerable people and getting them vaccines. Two, two important jobs to do. We're going to go through the top five in the EU. Uh, the top five in the EU of infection versus vaccination. So Malta presently has the best vaccination rate in the EU. Now, OK, Malta's only got a population of half a million people. It's basically an overgrown stone in the middle of the Mediterranean, but it's also a beautiful place. Malta has had 63% of its population fully vaccinated, and it also has the lowest infection rate in the EU at four cases per 100,000. The UK, 49% fully vaccinated, we're third in the table. We're third. Okay, before anyone rings up and says, the UK isn't in the EU anymore, it's a general term. It's Europe, all right? Ireland is third in the table at 40% of people fully vaccinated. So, you know, we're not doing, all, we're not doing too bad. We're getting there. Lithuania is fourth. 37% fully vaccinated. Germany, fifth. 36% fully vaccinated. But the infection rates, and here's the interesting one, Malta has the lowest infection rate, as I said, in the EU right now. UK has the highest, 145 in Europe. 145 cases per 100,000 of population at the moment in the UK. And we know that 90% of that is Delta. Portugal has 124 and rising, and they're very concerned about the rise of Delta in Portugal. And as John Campbell explained uh, in his interview with Deutsche Welle during the week, that's because people came to the UK from India, brought Delta into the country, it began to spread and then they were able to go to Portugal on their hollybobs and off they went and they seeded it in Portugal and you know the rest you don't need me to explain. Spain currently has a hundred cases per hundred thousand people In Ireland, we're fourth at about 90, and Greece are fifth with 84 per 100,000 people. And something I used to regularly do, I can't do it because of this 
cyber hack. The numbers are there, public health has them, but there's no easy way to get your hands on them. We used to do the 14-day average up to a given Tuesday or a given Friday. Today is the 1st of July. So on the 1st of July 2020, all right, we reported six cases nationally. Six cases nationally we reported on the 1st of July 2020. Our 14-day figure, and at that stage, our case numbers were plummeting. Our 14-day figure for the 1st of July 2020 was 156 cases. Compare that to yesterday, the 30th of June. Obviously, we don't have today's numbers just yet. Yesterday, nationally, our new figure was 452. Our 14-day figure is around 4,000, maybe. 4,000 that way, 3,500, 4,000, compared to 6. 6 this time last year. And the most interesting comparison that I can make between the two sets of figures because I can't get all the figures. So our daily incidence rate yesterday of 452 cases, and we know we've got a huge problem with Delta, our daily incidence rate yesterday was three times the 14-day figure this day last year. So the daily incidence rate on the 30th of June 2021 was three times the 14-day tally on the 1st of July 2020. Anyone taking this lightly needs their head examined. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. The Cork Diary on Cork's 96FM. The Galleyhead Swim takes place on Saturday the 17th of July in aid of Marymount University Hospital and Hospice and West Cork Underwater Search and Rescue. The 10-kilometre swim will start from the Red Strand going around the Galleyhead and finishing on Warren Beach. All swimmers taking part must be 18 years or over and more info can be found on galleyheadswim.com If you have an event you would like mentioned, email corkdiary at 96fm.ie The Cork Diary With the new Explore Cork app A Cork County Council initiative featuring over 850 places to see and things to do On Cork's 96fm You know that Liam Neeson ad you, you almost expect it to finish with and if you don't I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> but he, oh, the man could read me the phone book and I would just sit there riveted. 1857-15996. Anybody else in that position that Joan is in? That she herself is now vaccinated, but she's getting messages for someone who isn't her, obviously, who they say is high risk. She rang them to say, this isn't me. And they said that sorted out, but she's still getting the messages. Anybody else in that position? Uh, Mick Moriarty, good morning. Good morning, PJ. You are saying that underground haircuts are decimating your industry. I think a lot of people did cut their own hair during lockdown for fear they'd end up eating it. Oh, yes, it was big time, big time. There was shops walking behind closed doors. There was people going to houses, and they're still going to houses, PJ. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm not just talking about my shop. I'm talking about the people up and down the country who ran to me, five people yesterday, from Wicklow, Kerry, Mayo, Limerick, 
and Galway cribbing about their business, how they're going to survive. A friend of mine there had a Zoom meeting a few weeks ago with uh, two weeks ago with some lads above in Galway, six of us, and uh, because they are going to them, their wage subsidy wage to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. They can't keep going. They don't think they're going to last any longer than August, which is so sad. And these are people. One guy is uh, second generation. Another person is third generation in the yeah. business. They don't think they last. And like compared to a normal June and July, how busy are you compared to what you would normally be? Oh, desperate, desperate. Desperate. Uh, Tuesday morning, the two haircuts before nine o'clock, ten o'clock. I had to wait for a swim. I came back. And I didn't do a haircut for the rest of the day. And my other two lads in the shop did the seven. One did seven haircuts. The other did six haircuts and a beard trim. That's it for the whole day. And for three weeks in a row, I had one particular guy who does two days a week with me, and he didn't cover his wages for the three weeks. And was there a big flurry? At start oh, when you was. opened, it was the first two weeks was fantastic. Last year was very, very same PJ. It was three weeks with last year, and then we had a quiet period for two or three weeks. But then after three weeks, it came back to normal. Mm. I, mean, I tell you, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I hate to discount it because what to call it, I'm doing a promotion for the next eight weeks to try and get people back in. I'm giving vouchers away, four vouchers every week away okay. for for Dino's Chipper and uh, and uh, Common Sport, ah, the yeah. Emmett Hotel, the Emmett Hotel. You, could, you, could, you could do you could do worse than than, <laughs> I, than promote local businesses like that. Yeah, then fairness, give away a smart television at the at the end of the eight weeks. Good on you. So there'll, there'll be there'll be vouchers every week, and of course the smart guy said to me then yesterday. Ah, but of course he said your suppliers is paying for that. I said stop. I said. Yeah. Do you think the suppliers are going to give that to everyone? Yeah, yeah. Anything I give out of my shop is all in my own pocket. Mick, is there a possibility, and this is just down to my own uh, behaviour, shall we say, during the lockdown, and I, I like to do an old trim with the with the razor. Yes. I bought one. And and my daughter who my my daughter who grooms dogs <laughs> Did quite a handy job on me once or twice. But what I've noticed is normally this time of the year I'd be getting the hair cut every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now now I'm kind of letting it go two or three weeks because I kind of got used to it. Yeah. Is there yeah. is there any of that? Do you think people are, are starting oh, to do yeah. that? But see, with, with the pubs, with the pubs closed, I was well, PJ, right? If the traditional pubs were open. Guys would be coming out. They say, I'd better get a haircut because I'm going to go to such a place for a drink or such a place for a drink. I better get tidied up. They're not going out. Yeah. They're not going out. People aren't going out. They've no, they've no occasion to prepare for because, as, as we'll read yeah. in a minute, and the bishop has and, now said uh, for yes, the foreseeable, no bapt- yeah. no christenings, no confirmations, no communions. So so that business has gone. Do you know how the salons, the, the, I mean, I notice all, nearly all men's stuff you do. Yeah. Um, how are the, the ladies' salons oh, doing, Mick? Terrible, really, absolutely terrible. They are, and I've been, and I've spoken like you said. I mean, I'm 55 years in the game now, as you know. But they all came to me to speak for them, right? But I said, lads, I'm 72, nearly 73. I said, you must stand up and speak for yourselves. And you're not cribbing; you're telling the truth. Yeah, you're telling the truth. And there's a big difference if you're cribbing and telling the truth, PJ. If I'm busy, PJ, I can tell you I'm busy, and I'll tell you the truth in the story. And my yeah. staff would say, I mean, one of my staff said to me the other day when I did the promotion, he says, Gaffer, he says, are you a millionaire or what? I said, I, I know. He said, I wouldn't do it anyway. He said, mm-hmm. well, I said, I have to do something, get back to my customers, I said, and trying to bring them back in. Right. I, mean, and I, 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 I love to talking to all the young people who have gone out on their own, 
who have signed the dotted line and they're paying big rent for premises and for barbershops. And I think they're marvellous people to do what they do. And I admire them. And I'd hate to see them close in, in six to eight weeks' time. Because if this wage subsidy goes, PJ, we're in trouble. And we didn't close our premises, PJ, like the publicans. We didn't close our premises. It was the politicians. Mm. And it's all of the politicians closed us. Yes. Well, it was, was done for, let's never forget to <clears throat> remind ourselves, Mick, it was done for public safety. It wasn't done to oh, get yes. at you. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I know that. I know that. But see, what, I, what annoys me is that is that you have Mary Lou now yesterday and, and the, uh, the opposition, Ellen Kelly. If they were in power, they'd be doing the very, very same as the government because they'd have to go along with the guidelines of Netflix. And I can appreciate that. And we are, and thank God, none of us, and well, in my own family at home, none of us got the COVID. But I have, I have a couple of members of my father's first cousins who died. We lost six people last year in the family. So they came in, and four of those were, four of those were uh, from COVID. You know? Sorry to so hear like, that, I, mean, Sorry I know that, but like, I mean, and it's tough, and it's very, very hard for everyone. And the, 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 the politicians have to make decisions, but I hate the opposition mourning and if they were in power, they'd be doing the very, very same thing and maybe had the restrictions. Do you know what, Mick? I'm, I'm glad you said that because someone had to. Thank you very much, as always. Mick Moriarty, the baldy barber of Blackpool. Bit of a legend, that fella. But I, I know what he said. His industry, which is mostly men, is gone belly up. For the moment, at least. Here's hope it comes back. But he did make the point, and the, the salons are getting on to him, the women's salons are getting on to him and saying, well, our business is gone up the swanee as well. Now, when we talked to some salons on reopening day, which I can't remember when that was now, was it the end of May or something, or the middle of, end of April? When we talked to them on reopening day and reopening week, they were booked up the wazoo into July and August. I wonder, has that died off? Are the bookings as, as flourishuk, as the Irish word was, or as mad as they were at the start of it all? Big flurry. Is it gone now? Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. With regard to the vaccines, yeah, Connor says I've been getting texts since the third of June. Vaccine appointments for a guy in Dublin. I'm Connor. I'm living in Yall, and I'm not old enough to get the vaccine yet. I've gotten five texts. Seems like a lot of no- wrong numbers in the system. Ah, crikey. Ah, Jenny. Ah, it seems to be a right bags altogether now. If that's happening, eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Caller in her early sixties looks after her mother, who's vulnerable. I'm twelve weeks since my first AstraZeneca dose. I've been in contact to know if there's any news of me when I get my second. All of my kids are now fully vaccinated. The government is saying that they're telescoping the AZ thing down to four weeks. They can't even sort out the people overdue from the time it was twelve weeks. Does anyone know when all the people overdue? are going to have their doses. That's the biggest thing facing them at the moment because the most vulnerable, like with regard to the young people, and there's a great case to be made for vaccinating the young people. It's happening all over Europe now. But we've still got an awful lot of people, very vulnerable, waiting on their second shot. Ma'am never got her second test. We had been checking the portal and spotted her second appointment. She rang the HSE to know should she go, and they said yes. We reckon people missed their second appointment because they got no text and didn't realise they could check the portal. 1850-715-996. There are problems out there. A lot of them. Uh, I do have that letter circulated to 
the priests by Bishop Gavin. I'll hold on to it, Terry, for a few minutes more. But a lot of people are going to be as browned off as Tom was yesterday. Remember when Tom rang me yesterday morning? He was, in his own words, he was livid. What I can't understand is they're allowing weddings to go ahead for the month of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, a group of 50 people in a church. Uh-huh. So the school had given us very strict restrictions for this confirmation. Only the parents and the child, uh, one of the parents would have to sponsor the child. There was no queuing for confirmation. They sat in their seat and got confirmed. There was no teachers. There was no one allowed outside the church, etc., etc. Which is fine because, you, you know, that's the way things are at the moment. But if you can allow 50 people in a church for a wedding, how in the name of God can you justify not alone 10 or 15 kids with their parents in the same church? It's even a smaller gathering. I'll read you the letter from the bishop in a little while, but there'll be a lot more people feeling like Tom was. We are getting a lot of contact this morning from people awaiting their second dose. Now, David Stanton, Cork East TD for Fine Gael. David, I know that you want to talk to me about the new plan for a marina in Yall, which you wanted, you're trying to drive that. And, and, and yes, let, let, let's do that briefly. But I also want to talk to you about where the vaccine rollout is going, if you wouldn't mind, before we finish. So the thing with Yall, you reckon Yall needs a marina to boost its tourism numbers. Good morning. Hello, good morning, PJ. Yeah, it's uh, something that we've been looking at for a couple of years now. And uh, as you know, a number of years ago, a pontoon was constructed there and some visitor boys and they proved to be very successful. And then we had the opening of the boardwalk there last week, uh, which is, I don't know if you've seen it or not, it's magnificent. It's brilliant, yeah. And then we have a, the Greenway on the way, which will be a major game changer. Now, Yall is obviously a, a, tour, a tourism town, a marine town. And what, I've been, what I'm looking for is for the uh, Cork County Council to carry out a feasibility study on, you know, can we put one there? Where would we put it? How would it? big would it be, what the design would be and Cork County Council have done amazing work in the last number of years in, in East Cork uh, I, I mentioned the pontoon and the greenway and the boardwalk and of course Ironman was a huge success, we're looking forward to that again next year, so there's that happening but uh, this I think would be the icing on the cake if you will um, a marina and it would mean that people from, from if you look at the south coast of Ireland you have a number of marinas already um, but there is a gap and you all could fill that gap very well I think Okay and they're going to get hopefully look at that over the next number of years David I want to ask you about the we're un- inundated with calls this morning about the gaps in the vaccination system um, and of course look you're a government TD you obviously are across what's happening or rather what's not happening a lot of people being left out yeah, I mean, this is a, this is moving so quickly. And as, you, as I was listening to your program earlier, PJ, and you were highlighting the situation with regard to the, the Delta variant and the situation in Scotland. And we're watching that very closely now, what's going to happen in the UK and in Scotland. Now, thankfully, we're hoping that the link between hospitalisation and actually getting infected will be broken. In other words... Ah, yeah, it's, and it looks like... It, no, what I'm talking about is the vaccines and the yeah. nearly 100,000 people waiting on their second doses in the vulnerable capa- capa- category and also people getting messages for vaccinations that aren't theirs. There seems to be a lot of slippage in there. Well, again, a lot of people have got vaccinated. I mean, I think we are number three in Europe at the moment where, where the vaccine rollout is. Four, I think. Mm. Yeah, we're well up there. And it's 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 ramping oh, up. Three, you're and, correct. Three, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, and we're learning 
more and more all the time with respect to the vaccinations and how they work. I mean, when I got the AstraZeneca vaccine initially, I was told I'd have to wait for uh, 12 weeks. Now it's down to eight. So I'm getting the second one on Saturday. Hmm. And now and now they're saying it's going to be down to four. Also, uh, So the people back, listening back, to me this morning who are worried about their second dose, are, are you reassuring them that they'll get it quickly? Everything that's possible is being done to roll out the vaccines as quickly as possible. We have a race now, PJ, between the vaccines and the virus. Absolutely. That's what's going on. We need to get people vaccinated and everyone from the HSE, the Department of Health, the government, everyone wants to get these vaccines okay. into, into, into arms as quickly as possible. Okay. Well, and I was looking across Europe this morning and I was talking to a person in Germany running up from Cork running a pub in Germany and she said to me that over there now anybody over the age of 18 can apply for and get their vaccine do we, we need to do that we need to stop I, going down year by year do we need to do that I think we're heading there very quickly and I, I think that will happen pretty soon that, that we will see that going on is, yeah, is it being actively considered do you know well, well, well it, it, a lot depends do you know how it has to happen David it has to go to Nyack Nyack have to be asked then Nyack have to think and spend weeks thinking you know yeah. Uh, what happens here, PJ, is a lot depends on the availability of vaccines. You can't get vaccines into people if you don't have the vaccines. Now, our, our projected intake of vaccines over the next number of months is huge. And they'll be coming on thick and fast. And I, I would hope, and I've got calls myself from people who are worried and concerned and vulnerable as well. Um, and especially younger people now who want to get vaccinated and who want to get out there. And you know what? We are doing everything we can to get people vaccinated. The, the pharmacists now are going to be involved. And I would actually hope uh, very soon that we would see a situation where you could ring up and make your own appointment and get the vaccine done. Um, we, uh, at, at the very start, PG, you'll notice that when, when people got sick and, 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 and regretfully, with a lot of people died, uh, it were, were older people. And older people suffered quite a bit. Now it's younger people who are feeling the strain. Yes. With with respect to, and you know, this vaccine, this this virus keeps changing. Ah, yeah, but at the moment we know that across Europe, our our colleagues across Europe have opened up their vaccine program. Done in the UK, it's happening in Germany. Anybody who wants one over the age of eighteen can apply. How, well, I, how how soon can we do that here? I, I, I don't know exactly how soon, but I do know that in the next month we are getting a lot of vaccines here. They are in order and hopefully they will arrive. And if they will arrive, they'll be more available for more people. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Settle a little bit of a dilemma for me uh, in the Opinion Line office this morning with regard to who should get vaccinated and when. I'm fully of the view that they should just throw it open now. Anybody over the age of 18 who wants a vaccine, get in there, apply and get your vaccine when it comes on stream, be it Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, I don't care. Anybody who wants a vaccine should be able to bid as of today, get into the system and ask for one. That's where I stand because I see it happening. Fergal, on the other hand, is a bit more nuanced. He said, hold on a second. Hold on a cotton pick a minute here. He said, the over 60s that are not yet properly vaccinated and the vulnerable that are not yet properly vaccinated, let us get them done all of them and finished quickly before we even consider bringing in the 20-somethings. Wonder where you stand on that one. I'm a little bit divided on it. I, I see his point. I, I don't see why we can't do the two at the same time. But maybe you can 
sorted out. Liz was on from y'all. He said, hi, PJ. With regard to second dose vaccines, I've been offered four appointments for my second vaccine. I confirmed after getting the first. When I called the HSE number to cancel the second, I asked if my husband, who's in his 60s and still waiting for his second dose, could take up the offer. I was told no. I've since received two further offers of a second vaccine, and my husband, who's older than me, is still waiting for notification of his second. That's the kind of shambles that does need to be sorted out. Um, I firmly believe that we were, if we were functioning properly, we could do the two at the same time. Sort out Liz's husband and open the portal to anybody who wants one at the same time. I don't see why we shouldn't be able to do that. Promised you that I'd go through what the bishop has said. Um, and the bishop, Bishop Gavin, wrote to the priests. To remind you once again, Tom was on here yesterday morning. Uh, Carol, I'll be with you in, in a minute there. Um, Tom was on here yesterday morning giving out stink about confirmations because he was supposed to get his daughter, was supposed to get her confirmation next Monday. And now that's all up in the air. Uh, weddings can go ahead Normal public worship can go ahead. I have the letter from the bishop, which I'll get to in a minute. But Tom was was less than happy about the situation. What I can't understand is they're allowing weddings to go ahead for the month of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, a group of 50 people in a church. Uh-huh. So the school had given us very strict restrictions for this confirmation. Only the parents and the child, uh, one of the parents would have to sponsor the child. There was no queuing for confirmation. They sat in their seats and got confirmed. There was no teachers. There was no one allowed outside the church, etc., etc. Which is fine because you know that's the way things are at the moment. But if you can allow fifty people in a church for a wedding, how in the name of God can you justify not allowing ten or fifteen kids with their parents in the same church? It's even a smaller gathering. Yeah. That's Tom from yesterday. Uh, it would, yeah, the, the, again, more up to date. The government will open the portal to 18 to 49-year-olds, but they must for the time being accept an AstraZeneca. They haven't opened the portal yet, is what I'm saying. They haven't opened a portal. When you open and you apply, you'll be told then what you're getting. That's, yeah, they, they will do it. When? They haven't said. So the bishop wrote to his priests yesterday, Bishop Gavin wrote to his priests um, and he said, following the government announcement of new public health measures, the path ahead, it has taken some time to establish the position in relation to the celebration of baptism, First Holy Communion and confirmation from 5th of July. And the letter goes on to say that celebration of baptism from Monday 5th should not take place. In the case of emergency baptisms, pastoral judgment should be exercised. Well, I think we know that sometimes a little baby has to be baptised very, very quickly. And wonderful people like hospital chaplains will do that. So I don't think that comes under it. But the actual sacrament of baptism, the christening event, not to happen after the 5th of July. Confirmation not to be celebrated at this time. This includes all celebrations that may have recently been arranged from 5th of July. So everything cancelled that was planned for next week. That explains what's happening with Tom's daughter's confirmation. First Holy Communions not to be celebrated 
at this time. This includes all celebrations that have been recently have been arranged from 5th July next in some parishes. So there would have been communions coming up next weekend. They're nearly always on a Saturday. They won't be happening now. Uh, public worship arrangements remain unchanged with regard to the public celebration of Mass. And that's the letter from Bishop Gavin, uh, the Bishop of Cork, to his priests yesterday. So nothing happening. Confirmations, christenings, or uh, confirmations, christenings, or communions not happening for the foreseeable. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Here's another one. My GP gave me a vaccine last week. I'm twenty five. Not sure why I was offered one. I am an essential worker. But when I asked if that was the reason, I was offered one. No, they basically just said no and gave me the shot. Not complaining. I just find it a little bit strange. It is a bit random sometimes. All right. It's a bit random. But there's a 25-year-old with a vaccine. They will roll it out, or so they've said, to the under-40s. But will they then go 40, 39, 38, 37, 36, 35, 35, or will they just say, it's open, lads, in your pile? That's the question that I am looking for an answer for. And they haven't got that answer for me. 1857-15996. Outdoor dining, look, it's going well. It's going very well. People are very happy with it. The buzz is there. Everyone's talking about how great the city looks and the atmosphere and everyone's enjoying their their evening out and doing their level best to operate within restrictions. We know that some places are taking the mickey out of it. Behave yourselves. A tent is not outdoor dining. You know who you are. But for the most part, it's going really well. But at the very start of this, certain groups representing people with disabilities put their hand up and said, wait a second here. Wait a second. How are we supposed to get a wheelchair down there? How are I'm, am I supposed to get down there if I'm blind, for example? So the Irish Wheelchair Association, in conjunction with Cork City Council, has announced it's to carry out an accessibility audit on the street. On the streets. And also on the parking, and I assume this is going to mean the pedestrianised streets as well. It's been welcomed by Sinn Féin TD Thomas Gould, but more importantly, it's been welcomed by people who actually uh, have to deal with this kind of thing day in, day out. Carol, good morning. Hi, PJ, how are you? Good, and thanks thanks for waiting. Like, <laughs> It is brilliant to see all of the outdoor dining facilities, but it can be very difficult to get around, and now the Irish Wheelchair Association are going to do an audit. How important is that? Um, It's amazing. I felt um, very overwhelmed when I heard the news yesterday um, because this has been something we have been campaigning against for over a year now, if not longer. And yesterday's news felt like um, that someone was finally listening to us, you know? And I've had the conversations with you before that I'm not opposed to um, outdoor dining and all the pedestrianisation I love it but it had to work for everyone and for us when we saw the disabled parking bays being taken away and not that quickly put back in place it became very frustrating because through the years this has happened and places hadn't been replaced and uh, for me personally I just had enough and through you know through year help the backing in 96FM and all the media out there, um, it allowed me a platform 
to voice my opinion. Mm. And then it allowed other av- me to meet other advocates who felt entirely in the same boat. We had different disabilities, you know. And um, it just made me feel that I wasn't fighting this battle on my own anymore because sometimes I feel like I'm banging my head off a brick wall that we take one step forward and ten back. Mm. Um, and, like, I suppose I have one disability and I'm learning for others as well. And I learned growing up that it's the value of educating people because sometimes it's like a people in power. If they've never experienced disability, they don't understand it to the full. So that's what we're about, educating them. But when I heard, like, the Irish Wheelchair Association is a big powerhead, you know, they're a big organisation. And they, you know, I found out that, um, unfortunately, Cork, and I'm not sure about Ireland, isn't up to the same standards as the rest of Europe. And when it comes to disability and accessibility, we're all meant to be on the same page. So I was like, I I said to your producer, Cherry, when he rang me, I felt like I was crying and I was hoping I wouldn't cry today because that's like people can't understand how important this is for us. We enjoy doing the same things of all of you. But if we can't access these facilities, then it feels like we're a forgotten community and that we're being cut out of our own city. And I don't think that is fair. And I question the public, do they think that is fair? But I understand that if it doesn't affect them, they don't always 100% get it, Mm. you know? No, but Um, but I think it would be a very good exercise, Carol, and, and this is how I hope it happens, is that someone from the Irish Wheelchair Association goes down there with someone from the council, say an engineer, with one of the restaurateurs or the publicans, and they form a little committee, maybe the business association, and they walk around the streets. And as they walk down the streets, the person from the wheelchair association says, right, do you see that particular corner there? Here are the problems that that causes for someone with an issue. Because genuinely, I suppose, if it doesn't go into your life, you, you don't get it. No, no, and that's what I'm saying. It, it it doesn't affect you until it knocks on your own door. You know, now, I was born with a disability, so I've had this all my life. But um, what I was trying to get across as well is um, disability can bestow people. They can have an accident. You know, an illness can come on them. And that's when people then begin to realise, oh, I never realised what it was like to have a disability because I wasn't born with one. But I get what you're saying, and I said this to you before, I do talks in UCC with architectural students, and their teacher sends them out with a different disability, be it a stroke, blind, in a wheelchair, um, to navigate the streets, and they are astonished how hard it is. But they're the future generation because they're architects and engineers, so you're hoping if you can get through to them. But I totally agree with you, and I volunteer, I would volunteer with anyone with any and other people with disabilities to meet with these people who are organizing this. And, you know, like I said, Thomas Gould um, has been amazing and he's been such a welcome to back us as well because he's been amazing, as well as another advocate like Ed, Eddie Hennessy. You know, he's been... I know Eddie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just such powerheads and it, it, it was such a breath of fresh air to cross paths with them because, um, like, I'm just a little fish you know, I'm a little fish in a gigantic pond and, you know, sometimes it's so hard to achieve things on your own. But, uh, yeah, it would be amazing. I'd even cry more if there was a committee set up 
to point out these issues because it's done in other countries. Why can't it be done here, you know? Well, the audit is a great start and and we hope it's done in the way that you and I both would like to see it done. Carol, thanks ever so much as always for being on the programme. Carol Noel Rice. It's the simplest way of doing it. So, say, the engineer from the council, um, maybe the city manager or the chief executive, one or two of the restaurant association people, the publicans, they form a group and they meet and they walk around town and the person from the wheelchair association says, do you see that corner? Do you see that path? Here are the problems it cause. And that needs to be an awful lot more than, than, than notes. It needs to actually be done. Because remember this, they did the 17 streets. They did it like quick smart. They did it in days. So if there are changes need to be made for accessibility, then they could probably do that just as quickly too if they wanted to. 1850-715-996. Kevin agrees with Fergal. Get those over 60 who still need a vaccine, get them done first. Then open the portal to anybody who wants one. They, 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 they reckon they should have them done by the end of July. We need to do it faster than that. My husband checked the portal and he was told to register that he wasn't registered. Lady on the phone couldn't help one way or the other. The thing is, he already has his first dose, so he must be registered somewhere. What are these helplines for at all? It's, it's all outsourced. I think the systems don't seem to be lining up properly. PJ, if there's a supply of vaccines, I think the over 60s should be done, as well as others, whatever the age. It seems the systems are all gone wrong. And this will delay the vaccines, says Mary. Eugene, I've always wondered how our parents would have coped with the lockdown. Back then, there was little or no entertainment at home like what we have these days. Contraception was a no-no as well. (laughs) Not apropos of anything, Eugene, but I see where you're coming from. On the communions, the church isn't the problem. It's the gathering in the house afterwards. Yeah, christening. Confirmation. Commun- they're not, the church isn't the problem. But it's the parties afterwards would be the problem. But of course, everyone's got to. <sighs> Hands, face, yes, we, yes, yes. This is a good, a good uh, message and I haven't seen it for a little while. Morning, PJ. At least we forget, isn't it just as important to still keep washing your hands? Yes, it is. Still keep washing your hands, still keep wearing your face covering, and still keeping your distance. I think doing this has saved a lot of the spreading of the virus, and it's so, so important now with the new variant. I think it needs to be aired a lot more on radio and TV. Many thanks from Josephine. Yeah, they they changed it in the UK. Uh, They used to have a saying, hands, face, space. Now it's fresh air it was as well. And they're still doing it over there. Hands, face, space, fresh air. Open the windows. It's the middle of summer. Open the windows. Hands, face, space, fresh air. Yes, and we, we, we should not forget the most simple and basic way to avoid this virus is wash your hands frequently with warm soapy water. Use hand sanitizer. Cover your face when you're around people. Keep your distance with other people. And as often as possible, ventilate the area you're in. I'm not too sure how important it is to keep washing your hands, etc., etc., if you're double vaccinated 
or how important it is to keep your face covering if you're double vaccinated. But for the sake of safety of all of us, why not just keep doing it? Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork cream. On Cork's 96FM. You know, as we do try to rebuild our lives as best we can, uh, bills are something we all have to deal with. Thankfully, in our house, for example, the, look, we've both been working and the bills can be managed and handled and we are grateful and you know, we recognise how important that is. But in many, many households, bills have become a huge problem because of months and months on a pandemic payment or months and months with no income from a closed business or no income worth talking about from a closed business. I spoke a few months ago to Denise O'Mahony, chubby mama blogger on Instagram, uh, about, you know, household budgets and how she's built a huge following online just doing simple, ordinary household budgets for people and how to put money aside, even when you wouldn't think you can put money aside, put it aside for that that rainy day or that unexpected bill. Denise, good morning again. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. And your following has grown. It has. Because it's simple, practical advice. And as I say, I mean, we're in a very lucky situation at, at home that our bills have been all payable because we've both been able to work, but we recognise as well that not everybody's like that for the last 12 months. 100%. Yeah, a lot of people were affected, PJ, a lot of people. And even being on the reduced payment, they really felt the sting, you know? Mm. So you've been focusing on people like that and how they might be able to to make life a bit easier for themselves. Exactly. So it's something we talk about a lot on the page. I would be very active on my stories rather than on the grid, as they call it, on Instagram. It's all in the stories. Um, And I chat back and forth with people and I would put boxes up, um, question boxes saying, you know, have you ever switched? How much have you saved? And so on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And so it's even great just for people to see that people are doing this. I think there's a big stigma in Ireland. We, we really don't like to talk about money. We really don't like to talk about what we're paying on our bills. Um, and people have this fear of switching, whereas I'm the complete opposite. I have no fear switching whatsoever. I think be loyal to your money. You work hard enough for it, you know. Um, what I did today, just to give you a bit of an example of what switching can really do for a household, I, I thought I'd make it nice and easy for everyone listening in and just give you a kind of a case study. Okay. So um, I've gone for, you might keep a little running total if you don't mind, PJ, just so people are aware of what we're doing. So, okay, hang on. I, let me okay, get, let me get a pen and paper. <laughs> Back to school for you now, PJ. I know, I know, I know. Here, here, here we go then, right. Okay, I'm listening. So I've taken John and Mary. They're a couple in their 30s and they've been homeowners for five years now. So 
average homeowners, it's a three-bed semi. The home value is at 300000 They've got a mortgage outstanding of 250000 For 30 years, 3.6%. Don't worry about all of that because a lot of people get weighed down by numbers. But the important thing to know is their repayment every month is €1,138. Now, they've been paying that since day one, since they got the mortgage. And they're happy paying that. They are not clued in, really, and they're not thinking about switching. They never have. But like you said, suddenly, John found himself out of work or on the pandemic payment, and things have changed for them. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at ways to cut back. And the mortgage is always one of the biggest ways to cut back. You should be shopping around for your mortgage every single year. And it's one of the areas. I know people who've had a mortgage 20, 30 years, and they've never shopped around. They just take what they're given, and they think that's it. But that's not the case. So... That's a common kind of figure in Ireland. It's kind of an average um, repayment amount every month. Mm. And I simply went on to um, the CCPC website. So that's www.ccpc.ie. They're 100% impartial and they're going to show you the best options for your mortgage circumstance. And that's to do with the loan to value on your property. And for John and Mary, they came back with a new monthly repayment by switching to a 2.25% mortgage rate their monthly repayment is now €955.64. Right. So by switching their mortgage, they're saving €182 a month. Right. Now that's straight out the gate. That's the first big bill. If you have yeah. a mortgage, that's the first place I would And I take it that this CCPC website will explain all the legalities of that to you? Absolutely, absolutely. Now there is paperwork involved when you do a switch, but this is straight out the gate. For John and Mary, the obvious first option for them was to switch to a 2.25% rate, which was available to them because of their loan-to-value on their house. Um, And that saves them €182 a month. So if you have a mortgage, 100% go looking at that. If you don't, we're going to delve into the household bills now. So the next big one people would find is their electricity and gas. Sure. And I found online that the average electricity bill per year is 1098 for a three-bed semi, and the average gas bill is 791 Most people would have both, and so their average yearly is €1,889 that they're spending on electricity and gas. You mean that so again? Electric and gas combined in the average house is what? €1,889 okay. per year. Now, okay. that's working out at 157 a month is basically what's going out for those two bills. Again, people tend to kind of have this fear of ringing around or they're afraid of what's going to be involved or that they're going to get stung. Again, I went straight online. Um, Bankers.ie is another website and they compare electricity and gas providers. All you need to have on you is your electricity bill. So if you get them by post, pull it out. If it gets sent to your email, have a look at it. You just need to know what plan that you're on and what your usage is, and that's listed on your bill. So you pop onto bonkers.ie, you put in your current bill, and they're going to come back to you and say, here's what you can save if you switch and who to switch to. It's really, really straightforward. For John and Mary, again, I put average usages offline, um, off the internet, and I put them in, and it was coming back at they could save €439 in a year with €35 cash back if they switched over. Yeah. Energy has a 40% electricity discount and 39% gas discount. It's called the dual fuel bundle, and that was the one that came back for John and Mary as the best for them. So they would save 36.59 a month 
just by ringing up, switching over providers. And it's all done for them, PJ. They don't have to do anything. They don't need to ring their current provider and say they're leaving. Really? Energy and wow. take care of it all. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. So a simple phone call and they've saved thirty six fifty nine a month going forward. Wow. Yeah. I am, adding, I am adding up here, by the way. Yeah, don't worry. I have it here in front of me just in case. There is a cooling off period as well whenever you switch. So um, for this particular plan, they give 14 days um, cooling period. So if you change your mind, you can go back. But why would you? It's and is the there a charge to switch? It's about 30 euros, if at all. Some don't charge, some do. You'd have to look into the terms and conditions and see. But the majority are happy to switch you over and give you the offer. The other thing I would say, um, and some people don't think to do this, but let's say you're with a provider and you really like being with them and you like the security of staying with who you're with. Sometimes if you give them a call and say, look, I've seen a better offer elsewhere. This is what I can get with another company. Can you match that for me, please? And you'll find nine times out of ten they can do something for you or they will match it. So it is always worth making that phone call to your current provider if you like staying with them. Right. So that's electricity and gas looked at. The next big one I find in a household is mobile phones. So John and Mary are in their 30s. They both have mobile phones. Now, we all know mobile phones are expensive. And what a lot of people do to avoid having to shell out for the mobile phone up front is they'll walk into a mobile phone provider and they'll sign up to a two-year contract where they get the phone for free, as they say, and they pay every month 60 euros, let's say, for example, for the two years. And when the two years is over, they get a text or an email saying, oh, you're, you're ready for an upgrade. Now, what yeah. that's saying is you're now out of contract with us. Come in and get a new phone and sign up for a new contract. Okay. I am and that soldier. How, exactly. And most people are. The technology fuels it. People want the latest and the best things out there, you know. So, mm-hmm. And I was privy to that myself too a long time ago. But if John and Mary weren't in contract and they were able to switch right now, let's say they've been paying 60 euros a month all along and they're suddenly out of this contract each exactly remember that there's two of them in it there is an offer at the moment from GOMO for 14.99 a month for unlimited calls texts and data and roaming data and you pay that for life really wow really now myself and my husband actually did this earlier this year um he was locked into a contract which drove me nuts and in January when he was out of contract I switched him straight away and we've saved massively. He was actually paying about 65 a month. Um, and now between, at the time, the offer was 12.99 with GOMO. So between the two of us every month, we but pay 25 There's, there's, there's got to be a catch. There isn't. I've used it since January myself and I'm really happy with the like, service. Can I'm you really watch Netflix on your phone? Absolutely. I have three small kids. They're eight, four and seven months. And quite often my eight-year-old or my seven or my four-month-old or four-year-old would come in and ask to use my phone or I'd be on, I often look up um, tutorials on YouTube and things like that on my phone. I have done lectures on my phone. I've watched courses. Mm. I have never been charged a single cent extra. It's all built in. Now, at the same time, I asked around PJ and I made sure that the reception was good in my area, that people I knew were using it. I did my homework before. Yeah, what network is that? Is it 085, 086? It doesn't matter. You're moving to GOMO. So you're bringing your mobile number with you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's, I know it's amazing saving. So if John and Mary, in this case, both switched over and they've both been paying six euros all along and now they're paying fourteen ninety nine each, they're saving 90 euros and two cents a month. Okay. Nice and easy to do it as well. I've done it myself in January. You do it on their website um, and you choose a date for it to switch over. And on that date and time, you simply put in the new SIM. 
and you, you retain the phone that you currently have as well, you know. So that's the beauty of it. You're cutting out the extra money. Okay. So they've saved 90 euros when it comes to phones. The next big one in households is TV, broadband, home phone packages. We've yeah. all at some point paid through the nose for those, especially, um, you know, you might have multi-room features and Sky Cinema and all these things. Yeah. And it really can add up, especially like in a big household. Oh, I changed my Sky package recently um, and I saved myself, I think, 30 quid a month. Yeah, and that adds up, PJ, you know, that's 360 euros a year you saved just by cutting that out. So I had someone recently on to me who had um, the kind of, I suppose, top of the line package, let's say, because everyone in the house wanted different things in multi-room. They were paying 210 euros a month for everything that they had, TV, broadband and home phone. And, you know, the reality is no one really uses a home phone anymore, PJ. It's kind of gone with the wind. You know, everyone has a mobile phone. I, I, I let that one slide um, because because when you're running a daily talk show, we love well, people to have different. home phones. Yeah. <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> that's different. I understand that. But in general, and I can speak from my household, a home phone would be wasted here, to be honest. Yeah. We're always on the go. So, you know, it's our mobiles. Um do you know what you do? Would you hold on to that thought, Denise, for a second? Because this, I, I have a column building up here on the, on the right-hand side of my page, which is looking really good. But I also have a backlog of commercials building up. Would you let me take <laughs> okay. them and come back and we talk about no the, the TV and broadband in just a sec? 1850-715-996. So far, so far, Denise is saving John and Mayor. I'll tell you after the break. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Mick Flannery and Susan O'Deal are releasing a new album together, In The Game, and both will perform a launch show at Cork Opera House taking place on Friday, October 22nd. Tickets are on sale now from CorkOperaHouse.com. Access all areas. Triscoll are working with Music Network to invite music professionals with a strong track record in performance to apply for a new artist's residency at the venue. Further information can be found at triscollartscentre.ie. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streaming events by emailing aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. So, Denise, at this stage, before we talk about the TV, broadband and all that kind of stuff, you're saving, if you take the mortgage into account and everything else, you're so far saving John and Mary €308 odd, and we're not finished yet. Good morning again. How are you? <laughs> so yeah, they're up at €308.99 uh, saved per month just on what we've talked about so far. Right. Just by making a couple of phone calls, which is the beauty. Mm. There is paperwork in the mortgage, but it is mm. far and away worth it. Let's round minutes. that up to 309 and continue. Okay, so we were speaking about TV, broadband and home phone. An awful lot of people, they sign up for a special offer that they see out there and they may not have read the terms and conditions that, you know, six months down the line it actually goes up to the full price or 12 months down the line. And people become complacent. Life is busy. You know, you're not making a special effort to sit down and look at these things. So before you know it, you're paying 200 odd for all of these things in together. And you think that's just the way it is. But the reality is it isn't. You can completely shop around. So... 
I know someone who was paying 210 euros a month for television, broadband and home phone. When we spoke about it, they didn't even need the home phone. It was just something that came in the bundle and they never really used it. Um, And they looked at the TV package and I was saying, what do you use on that package? Do you watch the cinema features? You know, and a a lot of times people don't. Yeah. At the same time, they also had Netflix in the house and they were paying seventeen ninety nine for Netflix. Um, everyone has Netflix now, really. So one of the good deals that I found this morning, just looking online um, at what might suit John and Mary, Sky actually have a bundle available, which is Sky TV, broadband and Netflix for mm. 60 euros. So you would be cutting out your own Netflix subscription because it's built into your Sky subscription and they bridge the gap. So they do all that work for you. Wouldn't so they? Wouldn't that have to be a new customer account, though? No, they're able to switch over once they're not in contract. So if you're within your contract in your first bundle agreement, you have to see that contract through. But if you're out of that contract, you can switch and do whatever you like, basically. So this 60 euro bundle is available to them, and that saves them particularly 150 a month. Now, not everyone is going to have as big a savings, but... Yeah. If you have Netflix and you have Sky and you have broadband all separately in your home, you could be paying 50 euros to Sky, you could be paying 40 euros for your broadband and you're paying 17 mm. for Netflix. Add all that up and switch it for 60 euros. You're still saving. You'll probably knock the odd house down by 50. Exactly. So we may, at 150 is the extreme of what you were talking about. But yeah, we we'll say as an average, we'll be say 50. Example. Yeah, absolutely. And that is... That's choosing a package that suits them. I know in this house, we got rid of Sky about two years ago, PJ. We had it for about a decade, but we never watched it. Our life got so busy with kids that we never had the time really to sit down. Or if we did, it was to watch a movie on Netflix. You know, so for us, I said, look, I leave it going. I'll see that we miss it. And we don't miss it at all. I've never found a situation where I've gone, I wish I have Sky. Because if there's a series that I want to watch on TV, for example, Love Island, I can stream that. I watch that live. Yeah. You know, so there's always alternatives. So I would be encouraging people to go onto the switching websites, put in your current package and see what's available to you. And is there a switching website for TV? There is. There is. Onkers.ie, switcher.ie, they'd, they'd have options there from um, broadband and TV deals. And again, contact your own provider and say, look, I've been with you for a long time. This is my bundle. I feel it's a bit excessive. Can you do anything for me? Right. What can you offer me? Because, you know, there's a lot to be said for loyalty. We're all very loyal to these companies. But what are they doing for the long-term customer? You know, so definitely go and ask. Um, And like I said there, if John and Mary switched over, they're also cutting out their Netflix bill, which is saving them another 20 euros a month on top of that as well. So at this point, they're saving 476.39 a month just by looking at those bills, which adds up to 5,700 a year. Run that by me again, because I had something else in my ear. Go ahead. <laughs> You're fine. Their saving combined, just up until now, €476.39 a month. And that gives us €5,716.68 a year. Yeah, nice. Now, that is a very, very nice all-inclusive holiday, PJ. Or that is a really nice chunk off of your mortgage to reduce the term. Or it's a really Merry Christmas. You know, there's a lot you can do with that money. Yes, there is. You're surely finished. There's a few other things I didn't. I, I was told by Fargo five to seven minutes, so I didn't want to go. Fire away! We've got a bit of time. Fire away! Fire away! I'm enjoying this. Gore is good. I really like this too. I love helping people save a bit of money. Um, the other things to look at, like what I'd suggest people do, is pull up your banking statements for the last three months. 
Mm. And you want to go through it and you want to write a list out of every single direct debit that you have or every payment that you've made towards the household bill. And then that's where you start. What can I cut back? What can I reduce down on? What's just silly spending? Because sometimes what happens is you might sign up to a subscription and you completely forget that you have that subscription and you're not using it. So sometimes when you look through your banking statements and you're going along with a highlighter or circling things, it becomes really obvious, oh, I'm paying out seven euros there for the Disney Plus app, but we never actually use it. So I'm just going to cancel that. And you might think, oh, it's only seven euros, but it really adds up. So this is the whole thinking that where can I reduce, where can I save? Um, Another thing that I do is bins. They're an annual household cost for people. Some people pay them by direct debit every month. Some people pay them biannually. Some people pay them annually. It's it's completely up to how you're structured. But most bin companies will offer a price match for loyalty. So... Um, the average household per year is spending, on average, €228 Euros for refuse collection. That's yeah. on the CCPC website. If you're paying more than €228 Euros and you're listening to me, go and shop around. Because you now know the average is 228 and that's what you should be aiming for. So get onto your provider's website, see what other offers they have available, and then get onto the competitor's website and see what they have available. If you don't want the hassle of switching, contact your own provider and say, look, I've been with you a long time. I see so-and-so has this deal. Can you match it? Yeah. And a lot of times they will match it to retain you as a customer. So it's always worth doing that for every single bill. Another thing that could be in a household, PJ, is, is credit cards. You know, I hate them, but people have them. It is what it is. And they might not realize how much they're paying on interest. So I'd encourage people, if you do have credit card debt, look at your statement and see what your interest rate is and see what your repayments really would be if you had zero interest. So for a lot of people, they could have two, three thousand on a credit card and they're putting 50 euros a month, the minimum payment off of it. A lot of that's going on interest. So the debt is still building in the background and they think, actually, they're making the minimum payment. It's grand. They're never going to get out of that cycle. No, there's always at the end of the letter, there's this date. Like if you, I remember at one stage, my wife got her credit card bill and she said, look at that, look at that. She said, "If if I pay the minimum payment, I can be out of this by 2041. No, unless you look at it, you don't get that that kind of realisation. And that's if we never buy anything else again. Yeah, it's just one of these things I I just say, unless you're aware, you're not going to be able to change it. So face the music, take a look and say, I wonder what I'm paying on interest. I wonder what it is. And it does say that on credit card statements. If you continue to make the minimum repayment, you will clear this by such and such a date. So one of the things that people could do there is switch to a 0% interest rate credit card to reduce the balance a bit faster. Can you move balance? Exactly. You can switch your balance over on a 0% interest rate. And usually it's for a certain term. So it might be for nine months or a year. And that would give people nine months or a year to aggressively pay that down without paying anything on interest. Now, I'd only recommend that, PJ, if people are committed to not using the credit card anymore, that they really want to clear this debt. They don't want to continue spending on a credit card. Because if you're just going to continue to spend on the credit card, it doesn't matter where you move it. You're yeah. still going to be there, you, 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 know? you, need, you need to cut it up. Exactly. <laughs> if best. Exactly. If best. A couple sense. of questions are coming in, Denise, before before I let you go. I want to get to a final figure, a max, a max possible if you have it. Elizabeth says, package changes only work when you switch. If you're already with Sky and finish your contract, it's really hard to persuade them to give you a better deal. Mm-hmm. It is hard, but it's not impossible. Okay. It's not impossible. A lot of these... Um, 
telephone providers would have what's called a cancellation team. So if you were, I don't know whether I should be giving this tip out to people or not, but if you were to ring them up and say, look, I've been badly hit with COVID. I can't afford to keep paying what I'm paying. I think I'm going to have to go ahead and cancel. Um, you will be transferred to what's called a cancellation team. And their job is to try and retain you yeah, as a customer. Yeah, you're not so the first person to tell fire. me that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're going to fire multiple discounts at you to try and keep, keep you, you on board. Yeah, yeah. Actually, now do that. Now is very interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I keep getting Sky Sports on now mm-hmm. at a reduced rate because all I do every month is cancel. And, to, and, 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 and and ignore their emails to rejoin because yes. eventually yes. they'll offer me, they give me an offer and away you go. Yes. Exactly. And that's, that's true. That, that is what they do, you know. They love so, to keep you. So, yeah, Tim Brosden, by the way, wants to fire Pascal Donoghue and put you in place because she'll <laughs> save money for every household and he'd love to let you get cut loose on the public sector and, 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 <laughs> and the wastage there. Before oh, I let you go, Denise, so we got them to 5,706 on the mortgage, the household bills the TV and broadband. What's the max you could get? 716. If, just for those out there who don't have a mortgage who are listening in and they're renting, without the mortgage figure, if John and Mary didn't have a mortgage and they were renting, we'd have saved them 3,528 and that's 294 a month. So just because there's there's different people listening in, you know, uh, I'm accounting to both. Um, the, the max depends on what people are paying and how frivolous they've been with their money and how many subscriptions they have and, and how much they really do want to cut back, how much they need to cut back. Because for a lot of people, um, they can afford it, but it's wasted money. And then you've got people who are really, really feeling it at the moment and they just can't afford it, so they have to cut back. So it just depends on your situation and how far you really want to go with it. This is me switching them comfortably. I'm not really changing anything that they have. They still have a mortgage. They still have electricity and gas. They still have mobile phones. They still have TV and Netflix. So their situation isn't changing, but what's changing is the amount they're paying. All right. Denise O'Mahony, chubby mama blogger. Uh, next minister for finance. If there are two brain cells oh, in Leinster House, I wouldn't take. Thank, it I know you probably. It's like me. I wouldn't join any <laughs> political party. Be stupid enough to have me. Exactly. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Denise. We will talk again. Thank you very much. That's brilliant. The lines are live, and we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850 715 996. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Just was talking there last hour about hands, face, space, and as they've extended it in the UK now, fresh air. Fergal tells me, and he knows these things, he tells me that that's actually a UN slogan, which the UK adopted. Thank you. Um, And this message comes in, and I like this too, because so am I sick of this. I'm sick of seeing people just walking into shops without sanitizing their hands. I understand some people can't use them if they might be allergic, but surely not as many as I see just walk past without using it. It's very frustrating. Yeah, I will always use sanitizer if there's one at the door. Now, an awful lot of them you'll find would be empty or some of them you'd honestly get more in a baby's sneeze. But at the same time, they're there and use them if they're there. Yes, you should still be sanitizing your hand as you enter hands, as you enter and as you leave a premises. 
like that. 185715996. A couple more comments in about the communions and the confirmations and the uh, christenings as well. I'll get to those. And I also want to come back to your VAT on your Wish purchase or your Alibaba purchase from today. Your Wish purchase is going to go up from today. Remind me to get to that. Don't let me forget that because loads of people could be faced with additional costings on stuff they've ordered online. And you know what? That's where we're headed online now. It's sad to see the gap. God, gap is around since I was since I was old enough to, or young enough to shop in gap. Gap is around since then. But um, yeah, uh, it's closing all its shops in Britain and Ireland and going entirely online. That's not good news, but it, there's going to be more of it. 1850-715-996 watched a fascinating video this morning it's like something you'd have seen in Book Rogers in the 25th century or Battlestar Galactica or Star Trek or any one of those old science fiction shows uh, from years gone by you, you, you are you know uh, the flying car uh, Kit the car that drives itself in Night Rider but there is a genuine a genuine flying car not only has it been built not only has it gotten off the ground but it has now successfully completed its first intercity flight it's called an air car and it's by Slovakia based company Klein Vision and it flew from Nitra to Bratislava at around 6 o'clock on Monday morning and this thing is fascinating it's got wings that fold away in less than three minutes, has a propeller to the rear, and it's done more than 40 hours of test flights now. The co-founder of Klein Vision is Anton Zajak. I hope you have your name right. And joins me from the Czech Republic. Anton, good morning. Good morning to you. This How are you? is fascinating. I grew up as a small boy loving science fiction on television, and the idea of a flying car was great. Now it's there, and it works, and you've built it. That's true. Yeah, we invited the media on Monday morning to see the, the entire flight uh, from Nitra to Bratislava, uh, which took about uh, 25 minutes and cut the time that it usually takes by a factor of two. Then we pushed the button, and in two minutes and 15 seconds, we transformed the aircraft into a car, went uh, to downtown Bratislava and had coffee. Wow. And what what fuel does it use? Well, you can uh, put any fuel uh, at the gas station. It's meant to be used on the road in infrastructure and also in the air. So uh, there's no special fuel requirement. It's a standard uh, petrol. Right. And would I need a pilot's license to drive it? Well, at this point, yes, you would need a pilot license because it's an aircraft it's a fully fledged aircraft when it's transformed into a, an aircraft mode uh, so you would need a basic uh, PPL uh, private pilot license which you can get after you finish a 50 hour flight training and you 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 pass uh, an exam uh, which uh, which is not that difficult you know uh, if you decide to buy the car the air car will We'll, we'll give you the training with the car. Okay. And wh- where do I use, where do I take off and where do I land? Uh, can, I, can I come out of my driveway and take off or what? 
So uh, based on uh, regulations, you can take off and land anywhere where the owner of the land allows you to. So you need a patch of grass uh, 400 meters long, and you can take off and land. You can take off and land on a on a road on a on a dirty road. Uh, there is a lot of places where one could land with this uh, air car, and you know, there's many small airports, and uh, and uh, it's very convenient to to land, fold the wings, yes. and then go home and park in your garage because the length of this flying car is only 5.2 meters when it's uh, in a car mode. Uh, and uh, and that's that's basically like a S model, S S class uh, Mercedes Benz, yeah. and it's like actually uh, the width is actually smaller than than Mercedes Benz. Now, how much does it cost? Well, it depends uh, what you want to have under the hood. If you want to have uh, uh, weather radar or some other modern equipment, then it will be more expensive, but uh, we are all uh, lovers of flying and would like to share this love with other people and uh, we'll have a basic version that will start somewhere $350,000 to uh, to uh, very advanced versions that will be maybe $800,000, depending wow. on really what, what the, what the, what's uh, under the hood. And how quickly would you, will, will, do you think they'll go into production? Currently, we have tested the geometry, and uh, we are confident, based on calculations and measurements, and 40-plus are of flight tests under the supervision of Civil Aviation Agency, that this uh, geometry is, is excellent. The aircraft is very stable. During the flight on Monday, uh, the pilot uh, didn't have to use any, any you know, the, 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 the aircraft flies alone and uh, yeah. uh, after this model is uh, is uh, fully tested which will take another five hours of flights it will go to the museum and will create a geometrically identical version of the production prototype which we want to certify it under EASA uh-huh. uh, CS23 rules and and do I need to be in touch, for example, with air traffic control? Like I can't, ju- I can't just um, take a small plane and, and go into the sky whenever I want. I need to be in contact with air traffic control. So would I need to be in contact with air traffic control when this thing is in the air? Well, when, when the air car is in the air, it is a fully-fledged air, small aircraft. And so you need to follow the same rules as any small aircraft, which means if you are in a G-class Airspace. You don't need to uh, not. You don't need to be in 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 touch with the air con, uh, air traffic controllers. But if you are entering some controlled airspace, then yes, you need to tune the 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 frequency of the air traffic control, and 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 you are you know mm. uh, in a, in a, in a plane. So like in the flight you did yesterday, uh, the test flight that went from Nitra to Bratislava. Like Bratislava would have its own. Doesn't it have? It has an air an airport, doesn't it? It's an international airport. Yeah, airport. so you would need to be in so, touch with 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 air traffic controller. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. you, yeah. You would have to tune one one eight decimal three, which is the uh, frequency of uh, of the tower, Stefanik Tower. And uh, you know, we we did actually we go through the entire routine. We filed the flight plan. 
in Initra, uh, took off and then uh, uh, tuned to frequency of, uh, of, of uh, Bratislava information and then we connected to be uh, tuned the frequency of the tower and uh, obeyed all the you know instructions that were given by the tower to avoid any any collisions uh, to to make sure the flight was safe. That's, listen, it's brilliant, it's fantastic, and thank you so much for taking our call, uh, Anton Anton Zajak from and you're joining us from Slovakia where. Uh, Klein Vision is based, and thank you very much, Klein Vision, the developers of the new air car. This is brilliant. Like this is this is small boy grown up stuff. This is fabulous. We we actually we should we should look at buying one for Wayne maybe. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks ninety six FM with Dairy Made Premium Spread, one hundred percent natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. I'm going to come back and I'm going to fight you again and I'm going to get it. Is this an actual scrap? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he challenging me to a fight for two grand? So we meet at the back of Lidl? No, it's, it'll just be a verbal. It'll just be what you <laughs> least expect. <laughs> <laughs> As always, I absolutely love it every morning. Are you, are you on about the show or calling people out for fights? <laughs> uh, no, the show. The show, the show, the show. Good man. Casey and Ross in the morning with no DC cars Blackpool for Skoda in the city. A long-standing tradition in Cork. Open 24-7 at nildc.com. Cork's 96FM. I said it was Czech Republic. It's obviously Slovakia and they're, yeah, they might be next door to each other, but they're not the same. Thankfully, he didn't take offence. Uh, 1850-715-996. Make, uh, people were listening to Denise and quite taken by it. Um, Mick says, I've done the sob story to Sky for years. I get great deals um, with them for 18 years. This is where you get on the phone to Sky, you end your contract, they'll try and keep you where you are. You say, no, I just can't afford it anymore. And they were, yeah, Mick's been doing it. Josephine says, I have no Wi-Fi, but me and my daughter have just a phone package with unlimited data, so we hotspot our TVs or laptops. Saves me an absolute fortune. Yep, there's many, many ways to do it. 1850-715-996. We are good friends on this radio station with the wonderful people at Arc House Cork Arc Arc Cancer Support House to give it its full name and they benefit from our radiothon every year and we've been doing that for them with them for quite some time but you know fundraising has gone to pot in the pandemic because of you know so many events that would normally happen can't happen so what a lot of places are doing is adapting the fundraiser to allow for the COVID-19 restrictions. And ARC are doing a virtual challenge now to raise 50000 for their cancer support house in Cork. And uh, Norma Sheehan is part and parcel. Hi, Norma, good morning. Hi, PJ, how are you? Good, good, good. Uh, all set to get fit for Cork ARC. Yeah, to be honest, no, I was very motivated at the start of COVID and then I had a dip. I'm definitely like coming out of another dip so I'd say it's time to move my backside again so this is a great opportunity and um, I suppose it's people are sick of being told as well to donate and to move and do this and do that so for anyone who is just over all that or working too hard there's you know ARC will always take donations as well as this um, what they've set up really is a 20 euro 20 euro to register right. and then you, you can kind of um, keep an eye on your own you can track your own 80 kilometres 
over X amount of weeks. And you could do it on a bike, on foot, running, scooting, riding a horse, riding or whatever. <laughs> you could do it if you like. Um, Stick with the horse. <laughs> Probably safer. (laughs) Imagine trying to explain that in the field. Sorry, Gard, it was just raising money for Cork Ark. (laughs) Not great. No, no, no. Definitely don't support that. (laughs) Yeah. But the idea is to raise 50,000 for, obviously, for for the cancer support services of Cork Ark. Where do you register for it? Well, you go on CorkCancerSupport.ie and you go in under fundraiser and you'll see this, this new fundraiser where they need 50,000, which isn't a lot if everyone in Cork can give a few quid and you just your challenge is to go 80 kilometres and like that's not a lot either because you've loads of time to be doing it. And the other thing as well is like ARC have kept going over the last year, as you probably know because you're so in contact with them. They've done so much online COVID in a way has, even though the beautiful new house down Sarsfield Road in Wilton is, um, you know, they're back in there by appointment. But over the year, they have seen thousands of people online doing yoga, Pilates, uh, meditation, advice. And the reason I'm so mad about ARC is my mum died two years ago, but she, when she was struggling and like really at her wit's end with chemo or radio, we'd nowhere to turn. God, you know, she couldn't even go and enjoy a hot chocolate or something. We just... We turned up on the door one day after a treatment session and they took me one direction, gave me reflex. It actually makes me emotional, DJ, to be honest. They, it was such, they, they, they chatted to the person with the person who had cancer as well. So they're very supportive of family yeah. and friends. And my mum went off to one room and she had a cup of tea and a chat and, you know, offloaded whatever was on her mind. And I didn't realise that sometimes as the person driving or caring or minding, yeah you're under a bit of pressure. Your, your cells are in bits from just worried about the person. So Ark House supports everyone and some people are afraid to go up and knock on the door. But you can approach them by phone or online if you're too nervous. And then gradually you might have the bravery to go in because what they say is with cancer, nobody's alone. Nobody should be alone. Yeah. And, yeah, and you'll find a community up in Ark House and the thing is, my mother then got a bit better and she was helping other people. She was out with the bucket on Daftal Day, shaking it around Blarney. Good for her. Good so you for turn it around then and you get satisfaction yourself. You might be able to offer your services. I have a lovely story about ARC which was relayed to me a year or two ago at Radiothon and it's worth rem- remembering it here. The woman who, who rang me, thankfully her cancer journey had been a total success and she was clear and all that. But just literally on the day that the doctor said to her, We've got it. It's sorted. You're finished with us. She went out to a farmer's market to buy some stuff. And the emotion of being told that good news got to her. And she collapsed in in tears in the farmer's market. And someone pressed a telephone number into her hand and said, call them. And even though she'd just been given the all clear, they took her and minded her. Because you have to start a new way of life then. You, suddenly you were the cancer patient and that was your existence. Now you're told, oh, you're, you're a normal person now again. But they have art therapy. Like I've seen amazing art therapy come out of, or just proper art come out of Arc House. Um, I don't know. It just, it's an amazing place. Even if you're going, oh, I've cancer. What's my financial situation now? They'll give you advice yeah. on, on what you're allowed to get, what you're not allowed to get, whether you're screwed, whether you're fine, you know. It's amazing the people that offer their services. And if you're out there and your family doesn't have happen to be touched by cancer, yeah. but you go, you know what? I could give them a hand. 
They might be looking for a yoga teacher. They might be looking for a reflexologist or something like that. Yeah, it's that just, could, it's, yeah. like, it's like a family. I don't believe this. Hang on there, Norma. Jackie. Hi. <laughs> okay. You use a mobility scooter. Yes, I do. Okay. And what are you going to um, do? Well, I, for the last few weeks, I've started cleaning up where I live in my area. The council gave me the pick and the bag and the gloves and stuff. And I'm kind of branching out every day after my battery uses out. <laughs> and I'm cleaning up the whole area. Right. Well, I'm up in Nachnahaney, Carberry Grove. And you're going to sign up for the fundraiser? Yeah, I think I will, yeah. But I don't know how I'm going to monitor it with all the <laughs> You're going to do your 80 kilometres over a few days on the... I, I see I've done the 80 kilometres now in the last few weeks alone, just going around to look up the yeah. Well, I suppose clock it up day by day, keep a note of it day by day. Yeah, I, I say about doing about an hour every day. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. We'll go and register and clock it up. Just count it every day. And that's, yeah. that's how you do your ATK. Jackie, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the call. Norma, isn't that just brilliant? Isn't that just fabulous? Ah, uh, you see, Jackie's the job. That's like my sister out, my, my in-law, sister-in-law out in New Zealand. She's one arm in a sling with a broken elbow. And she showed me her um, chart yesterday. She's at 79 kilometres, going around with only three limbs in her. And she's the same now, making the extra effort. So for the rest of us who don't have issues, you know, and if you are busy and you're sick of being told, just go online and give the 20 euro or whatever you have, a fiver. Um, because they need the money so badly. Yeah. Like, that's the bottom line. That they can't continue to help people yeah. unless they get fundraising. The hashtag is ARC to ARC. And you can find it all, details all on Facebook. And the interesting thing about the 80 kilometres, that's significant, isn't it? Why? Yeah, it's the exact distance between the Cork Ark House and the Bantry one. So Graeme Norton now opened the Bantry one years ago and my mother was alive at the time. She had a great day out down at the opening of that. And it's the exact distance between the two Ark Houses. So that's why it's significant. Norma, you can walk 8 or 100 or 800 if you want. Here's hoping it's a fantastic success for wonderful people at Ark House. Norma Sheehan, and thanks in particular to Jackie, who's going to do it on her mobility scooter. She'll find a way to clock it up. Come here. Apropos of absolutely nothing, this has just popped up on my Twitter timeline in between bits and pieces. Go to Twitter right now. If you're on Twitter, and look for Socks the Waving Cat. They're looking at me through the window going, what is wrong with him now? Socks, S-O-X, Socks the Waving Cat. And there are videos of a most beautiful cat. Most gorgeous, looks like a Maine Coon, but maybe a bit smaller than a Maine Coon. Most gorgeous cat who literally sits at the window and waves out at people passing by. If that doesn't brighten up your day, nothing will. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Just one that came in there on the whole hands, face, space and sanitizer. We'd call criticising people who don't use sanitizer going into and out of shops. And I had said I had seen quite a lot of it myself. Uh... I have dermatitis, says this caller. I carry a hand sanitizer in my purse that uses special chemicals. You won't see me using the sanitizer in duns or pennies, but people should remember some people use their own cleaner, either because they have to or they prefer to, which is fair. 
which is very fair. 1850-715-996. Just that VAT charge before I go to Louise, because I want to talk about uh, anxiety medication with Louise. And it's an interesting story. Uh, how she came to be on anxiety medication and how she wants to get rid of the stigma that she perceives as being out there as being on anxiety medication. And we've talked about that kind of thing before. If you take medication for anxiety in the morning, well, that should be as normal as taking a tablet for your arthritis or a tablet for, 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 for whatever. And that's where I'll be in just a second. But this new change in the VAT, it means that your wish.com parcel or anything else that comes from outside the EU will be hit with a VAT charge from today. Up to today, anything under the value of €22. Why they picked that, I have no idea. But under the value of €22 used to be exempt from VAT. Not anymore. So parcels, small, inexpensive, inexpensive parcels that previously didn't attract VAT now will and Revenue are warning you that this could lead to additional charges once the goods arrive in Ireland. So when you're buying something online, they're suggesting Revenue are that you check whether the price advertised, whether the price you click on, includes all taxes and duty before you buy. Because otherwise, you could be faced with a VAT bill when the item lands in Ireland. It's all changed from today. Look, it's only on small purchases. But we make a lot of them these days. So just be wary of it. 1850-715-996. Now here, Louise is over here on line one. Hi, Louise. Hi there, how are you? Good. We talked before, I think, you and I, about migraine. We did indeed, yeah, about two years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, your website, your blog, contains a very stark um, piece in January 21, I cracked. I didn't yeah. have the energy or strength to cope anymore. Physically, emotionally, and mentally, I was depleted. Yeah. What, what brought you to that point? Um, well, I suppose I have suffered with anxiety my entire life, really, from as young as kind of age four. And over the years, I've tried various different things to, I suppose, learn about my anxiety what triggers me, how to manage it. Um, And I've done things like, you know, meditation, exercise, a lot of counselling and psychotherapy. And they all helped, I suppose, to varying degrees over time. But I suppose, you know, in the midst of the pandemic and everything kind of getting on top of me, I found that the skills that I had, even from those, just weren't quite enough to help me manage my anxiety. And I suppose I had thought about medication on a few, few times throughout the past maybe three or so years, and didn't really want to take it, but was kind of coming to the conclusion that I may have to if I want a better quality of life. And um, yeah, in January 2021, I kind of had, uh, I think about five migraines in seven days, and um, a lot of my anxiety would come out through my migraine. So I kind of just reached a point where I felt like I had had enough, and I very much was physically and emotionally Mm. completely worn out from it. I suppose the the term anxiety... Mm-hmm. suggests a, a state of chronic worry or yeah. being frightened. But mm-hmm. describe it for me. Look, luckily, I don't think I've ever suffered from anxiety on any kind mm-hmm. of a regular basis. What does it feel like to be in a state of anxiety? 
Well, I suppose there's there's various degrees of it. I mean, for me personally, I could have a day where I'm just feeling a little bit more tense or I could go right up to, you know, a full-on panic attack or a spiral. I mean, for me personally, the symptoms are, you know, the heart pounds. I get very hot. I t- tend to feel like a great sense of heat kind of throughout my body. Your breathing gets a bit shorter. Um, your mind is racing. Um, but those would just be my, my yeah. physical symptoms. And what would anxiety. trigger that, Louise? Oh, it could be anything. I mean, for me, I know health is a big one, um, probably just because my when my dad passed away, you know, I was quite young and that kind of instilled a great fear in me around health. So generally anything around health will trigger me or, you know, it can be different for every person. Like I worry a lot about finances or it varies from mm. person to person. So, so I would suggest that the, the, the tension we all felt mm-hmm. last year about the pandemic didn't help you. No, absolutely not. I feel like there, you know, as we all, as you say, as we all felt so much more pressure and different set of emotions than what we ever would have experienced before. I think the pressure of that and the uncertainty of everything really did kind of push me over the edge a little bit. Yeah. So the decision to take medication. Yeah. Mm. Why did you say that you wanted to overcome the stigma? Because um, I feel like what was holding me back from trying medication in the past was I was quite afraid of what people would say about me or what they would think about me. I was nervous that people would think that, like, I I suppose myself, I felt like I had failed in some sense. And then I suppose when I thought about other people, I was a bit embarrassed that I couldn't manage my anxiety myself, that I had to kind of go down the road of medication and I now know that there's you know there's no shame in that but I suppose just as a result of society over the years and what we've all my generation have grown up with I found there was still a little bit of I suppose worry about what are people going to say um you know both personal my personal life my professional life and so on mm-hmm. see they can only say something if you actually tell them and it's none of their blasted business I know, I suppose that is true, but I, I, I just think, like, where we are in society now, like, we have broken down a lot of barriers around mental health and discussing it in open, and I just I just felt that there was still a little bit of, um, I suppose, stigma around the medication side of it, yeah. and I thought that was just something I kind of wanted to maybe break down, you know, which is, I suppose, because why I wrote the piece. It should be as normal as... Taking something in the morning Mm -hmm. for your bad back or your asthma or your hay fever or whatever. Yeah, and I suppose when I spoke to my GP, that was one of the things he kind of highlighted to me. And I had three separate visits to my GP over the years about the same um, topic. And, you know, he said to me, if if I was to give you medication for your diabetes, would you be questioning it the way you're questioning this? And, you know, of course I wasn't. But that, And I suppose that's where it really struck home for me was, why am I fighting this? And when I stripped that back then, I realised, you know, I'm a bit nervous of what people are going to think. Or, And I suppose I take your point as well that, you know, you don't have to tell everyone. But I just kind of feel like, you know, it's 2021. Why should we have to hide these things, you know? Mm-hmm. So how are you now? Um, I'm great now. I'm actually in the process now of kind of winding down from them. Um, and I feel like they've been a great help to me. I've really noticed a difference and I suppose how I manage my anxiety and how I process thoughts. And, you know, I find that it's kind of been a reset for me where I, I can just get the headspace now to step back and assess things a bit more clearly and just give myself a minute so that I don't kind of rush into a, a spiral of thoughts. And, um, yeah, things are much, much better. And I suppose I wonder now 
why did I, I suppose, fight that for so long, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's been a really positive process for me. Do you wish you'd done it before? Um, I think I do, yeah. I think I, I wish that I hadn't been so nervous about, um, about I suppose, what people might think or whatever and just had put my own well-being first. Um, and I suppose I would urge people, if there was anyone like me, to just maybe go and have a chat with their GP if they are worried about what people would think because... I just think, you know, we should be able to um, move forward and not worry about what people are thinking when, when we're just looking to improve our own well-being, you know. You have a website where you've documented an awful lot of this. What is it? Um, LouiseOsullivanWriting.org. So I have a lot of my articles up there and I do talk a lot about it, about mental health and all of that area. So. All right. All right. Continued success with the writing and with the mental health. Louise O'Sullivan, uh, thank you very much. And her website, Louise O'Sullivan Writing. The whole hairdresser business seems to have fallen off a cliff since the original surge once they came out of lockdown. And he was saying that, you know, if people don't go back to their hairdressers soon, a lot of hairdressers will go out of business. And he's suggesting that people were using, if you like, backstreet hairdressers. People going to the houses or people doing their own thing or whatever. Holly got on to say, I've sad news for Mick, uh, and especially for all the ladies hairdressers. A lot of people during lockdown went into boots and bought the stuff in home care kits to cut their hair or dye their hair. And yes, they made a mess of it the first time, but then people learn. They problem solve using the internet, YouTube videos, the like. They get their family to help, and they mastered it. And they're not coming back now, because they're saving money. Also on the bigger issue, Neffet told the government to go down to level 5 last year, and they didn't. A lot of mixed problems would be due to that. There's no use shouting at Neffet. They're only doing their best. It's the government caused the hardship because if they'd locked down hard enough and early enough, it would have been better in the long run. I look at government and I see politicians that cycle to work and all they care now about is my chance to drive the cycling and anti-car agenda. Not a care in the world about the pandemic. Michal Martin is like a baby in a man's job. He thought all he had to do in December was say no and he'd be a hero. Doesn't work like that. Hard decisions have to be made, Michal. Get them right. Face the facts. Lead the people. And then you'll be a hero. And so with another one, and we'll, we may look deeper into this one tomorrow because there is this new committee now, this new expert committee that the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly has set up to look at more active use of antigen tests. And he's going against Neffet because we know that for some reason best known to themselves and they'll explain it using science and, and we listen to them and we understand why they're very reticent to allow antigen tests to be used more more like they use across Europe. With Donnelly going with antigen tests, this thing of never doing lockdowns again regardless, I do see a segregated society on the way. With teenagers and healthy and younger and higher risk, older, with lockdown gone as a tool, the latter will permanently have to remain separate and not go back to normal. That's an interesting take on the whole thing. couple more to clear before I go to, to Will there. Uh, yeah, wait a while now till I scroll up here to the... Oh, yes, <laughs> this is just an, an irate call from a GA fan. There are lots of them out there. We can't get into our stadiums to watch our GA games. 
We can't go into a pub to watch them because the pubs are closed. And now the clash between Cork and Limerick in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship this weekend can't even watch it on free-to-air telly. The game will only be available on Sky on Saturday. And yet RTE will be showing an England football game. People shouldn't have to pay to watch their beloved Cork on the telly. Problem there, irate GAA fan, is that there is a very complex contractual arrangement between RTE, the GAA and Sky. And this is a Sky day. And Saturday they've got the matches. They've got Cork and Limerick. I I would prefer to watch Cork and Limerick on RTE, to be honest, which I'm not a fan of how Sky do GAA. But at the same time, it is what it is. And the car, someone wants to say, uh, I'm, am I being naughty? But have you congratulated the 900 councillors on their salary increase from 17,000 to 25,000 from today? And the civil servants are on 75k to 150 on their nice pay rise. But I don't know about civil servants getting their pay doubled. I don't know about that. But I do know the councillor's wage has gone up. But I will say this, for the work of a local councillor, and take me on if you want, for the work of a local councillor to think that you get more money flipping burgers in McDonald's, there's, there's got to be something wrong there. 1850-715-996. We talked over the years to Will Sliney, uh, animator and illustrator supreme from Cork. He now has a new Sky TV show teaching kids how to draw. Will, this is big news. Good morning. Is he there? There he is. Will? Yep. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. I can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Very good. So how did this come about? How many episodes? How long is it? And where are we going to see it? <laughs> Ten episodes. Each one is about six or seven minutes each. Uh, you can watch it on Sky Kids or Now TV. Uh, so it's out now. It all dropped all of the episodes at the same time. And it actually it came about kind of because of lockdown, believe it or not. it was. I put out a tweet at the very first day. When all my wife was a teacher, she was sent home from school, uh, and I just basically put out an art challenge for kids, which just went mad, if you remember it. And people kind of remembered that kids really want to draw again. So here we are now. Yeah, a lot of kids did take up drawing to keep them from going crazy at home. It all started with you, though, with turtles, didn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to love drawing them when I was a kid. I used to draw everything, really. Um, like the turtles, I put up a picture with a nice little bit of nostalgia for me because I used to always be drawing that in school and now to get to draw the turtles and teach kids how to draw them on the show is, was a really nice touch for me. Yeah, because it started out with you, Will. We talked first a few years ago. It was kind of a hobby. And then you started doing Spider-Man and Marvel, Marvel characters. And then people realised, hey, hang on, this, guy, this guy's got something. So now you, you draw for Marvel, am I right? Yeah, so I've been working with Marvel for about 10 years. I'd say I've been full-time in comics for about 12 or 13. Um, so the last 10 years has been like very intense work of doing, like I did about 50 or 60 issues of Spider-Man, which is an issue a month. Uh, then I kind of moved over to the Star Wars titles inside there. So I've done a good few uh, books on Star Wars as well, which was all great. Uh, and I guess this kind of TV stuff started creeping up along the way as well then. Yeah, and I guess it's kind of... What would be great about this is young kids, and correct me if I'm wrong here, they pick up something like drawing really quickly if it's taught to them properly. 
I think so. And and I think the important thing for me that kids know is that like everybody can do it. It's genuinely not a talent, it's a skill, which means that the more they practice, the better they get at it. And like there's nothing nicer for me to see. Like I, I put on a few comic conventions in Cork over the years and they were great and we had loads of people who come along to them. And there was three years in between them and a lot of kids that I would have seen at the first one bringing their artwork to show me they then showed me the artwork a few years later and you can tell the kids that have really put the time into the drawing. They don't magically get better. Those are the ones that kept practicing it, you know, and that's why they got better. Yeah. So the, the show is on Sky Kids, isn't it? Correct, yeah. Sky Kids uh, are, are now six-minute episodes and you just literally are teaching them to draw. Yeah, exactly. We've got some great characters. We were allowed to use the likes of SpongeBob, Gumball, Loud House, Turtles, and Beast Quest. Uh, Can I learn to draw SpongeBob? Yeah, yeah, that's episode one. I would would have thought he was just a square painted yellow, but there's probably more to it. (laughs) That's why the first lesson would start off nice and easy and get a bit more complex as it goes on. But but I'm trying to, like, even an example of SpongeBob is is an example of he's a really well-designed character because he's they use simple shapes to create them and it's about showing kids how much you can draw With when you're shapes. just able to draw circles and squares and things like that, you know? Yeah, it's a great way to get kids active as well and thinking rather than just sitting there gawping, gawping yeah. at the television, not learning anything. Fantastic, Will. Congratulations on the continuing rise in your career. Will, Will Sliney, gone from sketching turtles in school to doing teaching kids how to draw on Sky and drawn for the Marvel comics and whatever. Reminds me of another pal of mine, actually, who I had a chance to speak with recently, and he'll be turning up on my new podcast series, which I start again at this weekend. Tell you more about that tomorrow. But there was a lad who used to work in this building. Ah, it's a while ago now. But he is now a cartoon voice actor for Disney. He is indeed. So this building produced a cartoon voice act- actor for Disney. So, do you know what? Cork turns out the best of them and Will Sliney is one. Quick reminder to you of our Back Garden Festival, still there on the Cork's 96FM app, streaming the biggest hits from your favourite festival stars. Once again, we have a summer of no gigs, no festivals, uh, so we've put them all together for you in our app with Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialist in sound this summer. Listen on the 96FM app, you'll go down to other stations and you'll see it down there, the Back Garden Festival, or go to 96FM.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With dairy-made premium spread, 100% natural, and made in Cork using West Cork cream. Cork's 96FM's free speaker frenzy. It's the final week to win. Play Cork's 96FM. We've got loads of cool new smart speakers to give away every day. Join Casey and Ross in the morning and stay with us all day long for your chance to win. Win. Listen for the cue to text or WhatsApp. If we call you back, repeat the phrase. Play Quartz 96 FM. To win a smart speaker. You want it? I never felt this good. Cork's 96 FM's free speaker frenzy. With Blackpool fully opened up, it's great to be back. See blackpool.ie. Hello? 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 Stay listening to win and remember to say... 
Play Corks 96 FM. Quick one before we go. Uh, PJ, surely the summer months would be better to have the christenings, communions and confirmations as any family gatherings could then be outdoors. In the autumn and winter, the weather won't allow that. People are still going to celebrate. There's no logic in allowing weddings and then everyday mass goes ahead, but we can't have the children receiving their sacraments. That's after the bishop wrote to all the priests yesterday, cancelling christenings, confirmations and communions for the foreseeable. I'm sure it's one we'll come back to tomorrow just after nine. Leave you today with The Real McCoy. Edited by Terry Brennan, produced by Fergal Barry. We'll see you tomorrow. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm.